Hello. Hi. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Okay, good evening, everyone. Happy Monday. What an exciting Monday. You're joined in into the Late Show with Shaniqua edwards Hayes. I've got some amazing guests, and I can't wait to get started. All right. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Lovely. Okay, welcome everyone. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you joined in. Okay, but a lot of you don't know who I am. So I'm going to start off just introducing myself. I'm Shaniqua Edwards Hayes. I am a primary school. I'm a primary school teacher. I teach year five. I'm also science lead. I'm also school council coordinator. I used to be a teaching assistant, so I've worked in various schools across London as a teaching assistant. And I really feel like that's helped me. But I know that's a topic that people feel different things about. So we're going to have a discussion today. And I've got some amazing guests, and I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. So I'm going to start off with we've got Nick Owen here who is an amazing trained teacher who has now become a well-being practitioner and also um I don't know if you want to introduce yourself Nick uh, but also was a teaching assistant Hi, yeah, I've just managed to unmute myself. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, good good evening, everybody. Yes. Um, I'm Nick Owen um, and I'm actually a wellbeing practitioner in my own business, Scenic Wellbeing, currently. Um, a business that was formed just before lockdown and I began working um for myself um during lockdown. <laughs> so yes. Um I am a primary school teacher. I've got over 20 years experience in the classroom and two years of that was spent as a teaching assistant so I've had um, quite a, a varied um, ride through education I guess um, and currently now working with teachers and teaching assistants on supporting them with their own well-being and self-care practice so yeah <laughs> I've had quite a, a, a good ride in education and I've really enjoyed myself um, but now I'm doing the I've cherry-picked the things that I enjoy doing the most and that's what I'm doing so and you've got a wealth of experience there, so I can't wait to talk to you. Um, next, we've got a special guest all the way from America right now. Uh, so we really appreciate you being here right now. And I know that we've got Tamara, who was a teaching assistant and who is currently ahead. And actually, if I'm correct, uh, in 2017, you were part of Forbes 30 Under 30. So I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. 
Yes, that is correct. Um, hello, everyone. Yes, I'm joining all the way from the States. So it's three o'clock here, um, my time. Excited to be on with you all today. I did actually start off my career as a teaching assistant many years ago. Um, and it was that position that gave me the burst to want to become a teacher. And so I taught for seven years, then became a school administrator or head of school, as some may call it. Um, and now actually own my own consulting and coaching practice, spe specifically for women in leadership positions across sectors. And yes, as um, Shaniqua already mentioned, in 2017, I was named to the Forbes 30 Under 30 list um, here in the States, out of chosen out of 15,000 nominees, and then wow. was renamed to the list in 2021 as an all-star alumnus of the list. So again, excited to be on with you on today. Amazing, amazing. Thank you for being here. And I do believe we have uh, Abby Kawana, who is currently a teaching assistant and a careers lead and who plans to be a teacher. So I don't know if you can say anything, Abby. Hello, I hope you can all hear me. Um, yeah, so I've been a um, TA now for about approaching three years. I took on careers lead in July absolutely loving it. I'm currently working at my old secondary school. Um, it was my teachers that made me fall in love with teaching to begin with. Um, I'm hoping to go into English. I'd like to be an English teacher. Um, so currently gaining all that experience that you're all talking about, which sounds so amazing. Um, and it's just great to be a part of this. Okay. Thank you. And I look forward to talking to you as well. Okay. So if I start off with this week, there was a big DFE white paper and green paper update that came out. And the Department of Education released this paper. One of them, well, the white paper, Opportunity for All, was um, split into four chapters. And chapter one said, we need an excellent teacher for every child. And so the DFE said, by 2030, every child will be taught by an excellent teacher trained in the best evidenced approaches. And they said that they'll do this by raising teacher starting pay to 34,000 pounds per year to attract and retain the best teachers, providing 500,000 teacher training and de development opportunities by 2024. Chapter two, they talked about delivering high standards of curriculum, behavior and attendance. Chapter three was targeted support for every child who needs it. Chapter four was a stronger and fairer school system. Then we had the green paper, which was the sent paper. And chapter one talks about the case for change. Then we start to talk about alternative provision systems. Now, all throughout this, teaching assistants are barely mentioned. Within the white paper, the term teaching assistant is mentioned twice. The first time is under key facts, which shows that there are currently 270,000 teaching assistants in schools. The second and final time TAs were mentioned in paragraph 83 in chapter three, targeted support for every child who needs it. And the example just said, this could be in a form of a phonics catch up program run by a trained teaching assistant. Now, with all of this, teaching assistants are barely mentioned. And actually, we're talking about teachers. Teachers should be paid more. It's saying that 
you know, the starting pay will go up. But actually, there's no reflection of that for TAs. And actually, with an inflation at an all-time high, we've got energy bills soaring and fuel prices through the roof. You know, it doesn't really make sense. Since the DfE announced their plans to raise the starting teacher salary to 30000 there's been more discussion about TAPA pay on social media. And actually, is this divide, is it going to grow a divide between teacher and TAs? And that's kind of what I want to be discussing today. Everyone on this stage today is, has made a leap or is planning to make a leap from TA to teacher. And actually, I'm interested in discussing that a bit more. So can I, if I can start off with Nick, if that's okay. Hi, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start off with uh, the white paper was absolutely diabolical. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, well-being wasn't featured very well um, in there either, <laughs> I might add. Um, yeah, uh, going back to the whole pay system, when I, um, back back into the year 2000, I sound like a busted song, or I don't even know who it was, <laughs> I can remember. Um, yeah, I was paid £106 a week, and that was pro rata. Um and I absolutely loved my job. Um, it was the best job in the world as far as I was concerned. And I'd had some rubbish jobs through uni. Um, and teaching assistants back then weren't paid very well at all. They're still not paid very well at all. No. For the, the, the role that they have, how crucial they are in the classroom, the amount of support that they offer, not just the teachers, but the children and the, the senior leadership team, um, that they are these wonderful cogs that without them, the school wouldn't run. So why on earth are we not investing money and training into our TAs and giving them a, a really good, you know, looking after them, you know, yep. pay, um, skill set, everything that 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 I would have wanted as a TA um and I, I mean don't get me wrong teachers aren't paid enough either for what they do yeah. um <laughs> and if I had a magic wand <laughs> you know what would happen yeah please I'd want that too. <laughs> but what we don't want is we don't want to see that that gulf um appearing between um and us and them in the classroom because yeah. what works so well with teaching assistants and teachers is the relationship and the connection that they have and they have that one driving force which is to educate children yeah. and to, to to make them well-rounded young people um so we don't want to see that divide but what we are going to start to see if the government do not you know invest in increasing pay for teaching assistants is we're going to lose some really good teaching assistants you know, I've had conversations where people have said, you know, they could go elsewhere and work elsewhere without the stress and get paid more. Yeah. It's, yeah. And yeah. I hear that a lot, actually, um, mm -hmm. talking to some teaching assistants. And they're, and actually, they were saying, someone was saying to me the other day that they might just go and work in Tesco because, you know, they can yeah. decide their hours. Um, and it's just so much more stress they're finding without mm. the pay. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to go into teaching was because I found myself doing a lot of the teaching role, but not being paid for it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the, the main reasons why I wanted to go into teaching, because I loved what I was doing. 
and I wanted my pay to reflect that you know so that that's why I went off and did what I did uh, which was to go on and do my PGCE um, having got a wealth of experienced courtesy of um, a wonderful head teacher who saw the potential in me you know and pushed me um, yeah. so I think you know you, you've got to make that decision but equally so the pay and conditions at the moment for teaching assistants aren't great they need improving very especially with the amount of extra responsibilities and adding on yeah. of what they're expected to do um in the classroom so yeah that's Definitely. my on it. <laughs> boundaries there doesn't seem to be every teaching assistant role seems to be quite mm. different most definitely yeah I think boundaries are key um now I used to I used to go above and beyond um but that was part of my own professional development um and when I say above and beyond I'd invite myself to staff meetings where I felt that it would be relevant um I'd ask to go on training <laughs> even though I wasn't paid for it but that was part of parcel of, of what my journey was going to be and it yeah. didn't you know it helped me in the classroom etc so I think I mean it was funny actually I was on I did some supply work last week and I bumped into um a pupil that I used to be a TA to um he was teaching <laughs> so I felt wow. really old and he was you know he was saying you know I said she was like the teaching assistant she was brilliant and you know made a massive impact and and they do teaching assistants make a huge impact not only in the academic sense but also in the nurturing sense and pastoral side so they're worth the weight in gold I loved every tier that I've ever worked with I've, I've really really did appreciate them see I love that I love what you've said and actually but if I take us back to the EEF report um, yeah I think it was last year where they were talking about effective deployment of TAs and somewhere it did mention TAs deployed to support class in general made no positive impact on progress of individual pupils. And it said the report found that pupils in a classroom with a TA performed on par to pupils of the same ability in a classroom without a TA. Now, what do you think about that? Because me, I've, I've been a TA and I've been in the class with a TA. And actually, I... I really feel like my TA helps there's many different ways but they do help oh, oh de most definitely I mean I think how TAs um are used in the classroom now this is a big bugbear for me um I used to see it in my own school where I was working the TA would always be lumped with either the lower ability or the send children um so I don't I think how teaching assistants are deployed will have a, a bigger impact. Um, I tried to rotate. Um, so one day I would be working with my top group and then, uh, you know, I'd ask my TA to work with my middles and, I'd, you know, the, the lower end would have something that they could active, uh, um, access independently. Um, and then we'd move it around. So I'd then say, right, to the TA, please, can you work with this group? And I want you to do this, this and this. And she was like, oh, brilliant, yeah. And I think having that variety because... What we're always doing is we're always trying to work, to, to, to chase and close the gap within the classroom. Yeah. Um, and you can't keep putting teaching assistants with the lower ability all the time. So we need to vary that. So I think it's about how teachers use their TAs effectively in the classroom. Um, I honestly, every TA that I've worked with, I know there's been an impact. 
And yeah. if it's not academically, it might be socially or emotionally. And that is what our government are failing to see in our children, which absolutely yeah. irritates me because yeah. they don't see the child as a whole and the need for, for social and emotional education on top of their academic studies. The, yeah. the numbers the numbers to our government, the numbers that are going to be future wage earners, that's it. <laughs> Sadly, that's how I feel. <laughs> no, and I totally agree. When they're doing these reports, they're not actually looking at the other things. They're just looking at that academics, oh, what they're getting, maths, English, mm. all of that. So, and actually with my TA, it's great pastorally as well. And mm. I was mentioning I, to you earlier that my TA is a part of the team where actually if I do something, my TA does something, um, if I think if I think back to a few years ago when I said something to my tea and she said, Oh, are you sure? She's like, No teacher ever asks me to do this or no TA teacher ever really cares. And I thought, no, we're a team. So that's really yeah. important. It's key. Oh, uh, most definitely. And and I mean when, when you work as a team, we're going for the greater good here. You know, we're there to educate children, to give them the best start, to give them, you know, all the life skills that they need, you know, as little people, teach them how to share, teach them how to get along with people, you know, teach them how to tolerate other people when they don't particularly like other people because we don't all like everybody at the same time. Um, I think it's really important that, um, I mean, the way that I worked because I'd been a TA, I knew how important it was to feel seen, valued and heard. Yeah. And when you have somebody in your team, be it a teacher, be it a head teacher, SLT, who actually believes in you and invests in you and recognises you for your qualities and your worth, that way then your confidence builds and, and you feel confident to, to tackle things that you possibly normally would have gone, oh, actually, I don't, that's not really not my remit. I, I, I don't feel confident in doing that. You, you build that confidence and, and when you start to work with somebody on a day-to-day -day basis or, you know, weekly basis, the relationship that you build and the connection that you build with your colleagues within your classroom setting is a, a, a good, solid foundation and you're a source of support to each other so the communication is so important um and the connection and you know it's just little things that you can do as you know as, as teacher I mean I remember my TA coming in was full of a cold I just come back from being poorly and I just said I said listen I said you shouldn't be here oh, I've got to be here. we've got to do this this and this I said that can wait you know I'm sending you home mm -hmm. um and he was like, you can't, you can't send me home. I said, I can. I knew I was going home and he needed to look after himself. Um, but equally so, he, he called me out when I, you know, was working late say, you know, you need to get off. You told me that you were leaving. Off you go. So it's that accountability as well that you've got with one another. Yeah. Looking out for each other, you know, making each other a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. You know, knowing how you take your sugar. <laughs> it's those little things, you know what I mean? And I it's think... Yeah, and it, I think it is, it's crucial that, you know, when you're working together, I mean, I've worked with people that, you know, we've not necessarily been the best of friends outside of work, but we've had a professional relationship um, that's been maintained and, and, and from that then <laughs> connection grows, doesn't it? So I, I do feel that, you know, they're all, we're all part of the same thing. 
we yeah. all we're all different cogs in in the in the big the big picture and we're all equally important and i don't think there should be any hierarchy at all in in schools with regard to people's roles because from from the cleaner right through to the head teacher everybody is valuable everybody's important everybody's a cog in that that system that makes that school work and everybody should be treated as such and care should be reflected and everything else that that goes with it you know it really should be reflected as well I know that's such a big thing uh, with TAs where and actually if I think back to when I was a TA and you mentioned it earlier the pay was not the greatest no actually for what I was doing after a while I was like I'm doing a lot of stuff that you know the teacher does obviously as a teacher I know there's lots Mm. more but there was a lot of stuff I was doing and I was like oh why don't I start to get paid for this like why don't I take it to the next step but then I know there's other TAs and I did see even on Twitter earlier where they're content being a TA or they've decided you know I don't want to I don't want to teach because it's a lot more yeah well, Shaniqua, I, I work now with, I work with, you know, lots of different schools. Mm-hmm. I actually work with people who are HLTAs or TAs and they've been class teachers. They've been in senior leadership and they've took such a massive step back because of the stress levels and because of everything that's, you know, that they didn't, that didn't sit right with them, you know. And I think that that's, that's also, a, you know, a huge thing to do. You know, moving up from becoming a TA to a teacher is massive and it's so incredibly rewarding. Yeah. But also being able to recognise when things aren't quite right for you and not sitting right for you and having that ability to check in with yourself and say, actually, no, this, this isn't sitting right with me and my values at the moment mm-hmm. um, and I need to look for something different, And but I don't want to leave education, I don't want to leave the classroom. You know, and, and equally, the, those TAs and HLTAs, I mean... The, the, the pay difference, again, is massive. So it's taken a lot for them to actually come to that decision, you know, of what's worth more. And it's about knowing your worth. And I think that's what it boils down to, knowing your worth and having those boundaries. Um, and for for staff wellbeing, you know, that these are things that I talk about all the time, is, is checking in with yourself. Is everything sitting right with what your core values are? Are they in line with the school? Yeah. Are you happy in what you're doing? Is it having an impact on your work-life harmony? If it is, what can you do to change it? You know, that you've got that thirst, you know, we we have, as human beings, we're constantly looking at how we can improve ourselves. You know, it's wonderful. Sorry, you can't see me, but I'm nodding along. I'm like, yeah. And and you do, you just think, you know, um, you know, the, the, the things that you want to achieve you know as as a TA I wanted more and I was that was I was supporting that in that journey and it was facilitated and that's wonderful um but sometimes you you say actually it's too much for me and I want less yeah you know and it's about managing your own well-being and and making sure that you're able to have that voice in your workplace and say look this is how I where I'm at at the moment and I think that's the the work that I do is is talking to teaching assistants talking to teachers making sure that they're secure in how they manage their own well-being and self-care practice so that they can if they need to have those difficult conversations with people who make more of the decisions in school love that 
I love that. And I think I think you're doing amazing and well-being is key. It's so important. I think at this moment in time, I can see a lot of school staff, you know, their well-being is not the greatest, you know. No, it, yeah. it's, it's, no it's, it's, it's shut at the moment and mm -hmm. um, and it's... <laughs> It's very difficult because, you know, I mean, I'm not in the classroom anymore. I do, I do do supply so that I can keep my, my you know, my toe in the water, so to speak. Um, also, I'm also a governor um, and I go to visit my school quite regular and chat to the staff and ask how they are, you know. I want to know what's going on on the ground, really. Um, and I see it on Twitter on a daily basis. You know, staff mm -hmm. absolutely exhausted, begging when is it half term, when is yeah. it the break, people that you know that, that live for the half term can't wait for the half term can't wait for the weekend and it's quite sad really when we think about that as you know yeah. all those days that you, you're wasting away and wishing away because you, you you're really desperate for that break so yeah. I know education's hard at the moment um I've not got rose tinted glasses on I see it on a day-to-day -day basis um I chat with a lot of my friends who are all st still teachers head teachers etc I think this government needs to to wake up and be realistic um, mm -hmm. and send in a white paper expecting 90% in reading, writing and maths for um, key stage two is just <laughs> ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> it, is, it is. And I'm glad we're discussing this. I, I totally agree with you. Um, and actually, I can see Hannah Harris is locked in and she has been amazing because she's put, made a little digest of the white paper and the green paper so if you are interested in finding out what we're talking about please have a follow at her and have a look yeah and just thank you so much nick and we're gonna oh no, you're welcome you're welcome but cool thank you for that. <laughs> okay so tomorrow we'll be talking to you in a bit we're just gonna have a bit of um advert break so we've got a short break for the news and some messages and then we'll be talking this episode of teachers talk radio has been made possible with support from witherslack group the uk's leading provider of sen education and care they're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. 
Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out! Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. Okay. We are back in the room. That was an interesting first part. Great conversation with Nick. And now we're heading over to the States. And we've got Tamara there. Hopefully still there. Yep, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Hiya. So, wait, what is the time over there? Now it is 3.30. Oh, wow. Thank you for getting joined in with us. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And actually, everything's a bit different with you, so I'd like to just get a bit of a background first before we begin, if that's okay. For sure, yeah. So I started out as a TA, as a teaching assistant, while I was in college. I actually um, applied for a TA position during the summer. So during summer school here, usually where I'm at in the U.S., School ends for the year in June, and then it starts back up again uh, around September 3rd. And so in the summertime, usually mid-June to the end of July, a lot of schools have summer school. And so while I was off from college in the summer, I would serve as a teaching assistant. And it was actually my time serving as a teaching assistant that confirmed for me that I wanted to enroll in a program and go for my teaching certificate and become a full-time teacher. And so I taught Spanish uh, for seven years and I taught primary and secondary Spanish and then went on to become an assistant principal or an assistant head of school and then a school principal or a head of school, depending on where you are and how you, what you call it. Wow. So you move, you made that step to keep on moving, moving, moving up. Yep. Lovely. Lovely. Wow. Okay, so if we think back to your teaching assistant days, actually, what was it like being a teaching assistant for you? And uh, yeah, what did that entail? Because every school is kind of different. Some people work in groups, some, you know, would you have to lead sessions? I'm just interested. Yeah, so primarily, and really all of us we were hot, that were hired for summer school all of our positions typically looked the same in terms of what, we're, what we were asked to do. It was pretty uniform. Um, and so our main requirements were when students came in in the morning, um, there was a breakfast served. And so getting them set up at breakfast and then ensuring that once they left breakfast, they went to the classroom. 
once in the classroom, we would help usually with small group instruction. So pulling students into small groups of three or four. Um, if students were doing independent work, then there were times where we would kind of go around, check in on them, make sure that they were progressing and answer any questions that they had, really just to kind of be a second adult in the room if the teacher was occupied or working with someone. And then depending on what the demand was, we were used to, you know, make copies, do decorations, help set up plans or set up the classroom for the next day. But typically we were doing a mix of those tasks throughout the day. Okay, which sounds quite similar actually. And can I ask then, what did you, well, how was the process of changing over actually from teaching assistant to then teacher? And actually, did you feel that there was an advantage with that? So I definitely feel fortunate because I kind of got, I like to say that I kind of got to test it out before I became a teacher and really got that short glimpse into, okay, if I decide to do this as my job, what will it be like? And I, you know, I did that for three years before I, you know, decided to officially move forward and enroll in a teacher education program. So I was fortunate in that way that it gave me a glimpse into what being a full-time teacher could be like. Obviously, I didn't know what it felt like, and I don't think you really know what it's like to be a teacher until you become one, but the teaching assistant position definitely for me was a good chance for me to even see, like, do I want to be in a school every single day? Do I want to be around students? Do I want to work on a team of other educators? And to ask myself those questions before I made the investment and the leap. And it was different for me, mainly because when I was a TA, I TA'd in elementary schools or primary schools. So I was grades three and four. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I became a teacher, I actually worked in secondary education. So I worked with uh, young adolescents. So the age group was much different and required a different, you know, level of behavior management or classroom support. But I will, I do think that being a teaching assistant first gave me a good glimpse and a good you know, reflection for me to say, I think this is actually what I want to do with my career. I like that. And I I totally agree with that. I think you're at a slight advantage because you can watch other teachers. You can see, I don't know, I gained a lot of stuff from watching all these different teachers. And actually, I would sit in the class and thinking, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be a teacher. Um, although I do remember with my teacher training year and I found my tweets from, it, from a few years ago and on my first day I was like I used to be a TA I was a TA for so long it's my first day as a teacher I feel like I know what's gonna happen <laughs> but actually I realized it's completely different being a teacher. <laughs> definitely an advantage but it's completely different yes <laughs> yeah and then you've made steps and steps to move on to different um you know, roles. And actually, I've got a question. Which is your favorite or which has been your favorite so far? Oh, that is a good question. I think, you know, having, I'm no longer a school principal or head of school, but I think being Mm -hmm. the assistant uh, Mm -hmm. principal was probably my favorite because I really got to be, and I, I do want to preface this by saying that typically anybody's experience as an assistant principal is really based on your principal. 
um, and how much they trust you and what kind of relationship they have with you. Because if you're working for, you know, a head of school that is not trying to grow you as a leader and not trying to develop you so that one day you can become a school head, then Mm -hmm. I think that can very much like you'll hear people talk about their experience in a dramatically different way. But I worked for someone who was just who really saw me as her partner and not her subordinate. And when she made decisions, she would bring me in. She would ask for my perspective and ask for my thoughts. And so I really got to feel like I was running a school, but I didn't have the weight that she had being the head person in charge because that's a lot of pressure. And I felt like it really gave me the good balance of supervising teachers, evaluating instruction, leading a school, but also the space to mess up and ask questions Mm -hmm. and to not feel like the weight of the entire school is on my shoulders. So I really, that's probably been my favorite. Hey, you're making me think maybe that's what I need to do next. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, can I ask this? So salaries for teaching assistants here aren't always the greatest. Is it the same in the States? Yes, it is. I want to say that first in hearing you talk about um, teacher pay and teacher salary, I think being in in the United States, I thought that it was just us. I don't know why. I I thought other countries just paid teachers and TAs way more. And so hearing you share, I was kind of feeling, oh my gosh, so we're not alone in feeling like teachers and TAs need more money Um, because it's definitely the case here where I live in the States the av- it depends on where you start and what your how much uh, education you have in terms of university or college education but most TAs here get around 18 or 19,000 US dollars which in pounds i think is around 13 or 14,000 mm. a year yeah yeah um and teacher salary here is about my when i started teaching my teaching salary was 45,000 U.S. dollars, which is around 34,000 pounds. Okay. It's a bit more. It's a bit more than I'll say. Yeah. The biggest difference, though, of course, is that I believe you all have, like, universal health care. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we don't. So (laughs) all of that, that comes out of our checks as well. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's just that money is so important as well, though. That's a big aspect. And yeah. I don't know if it's the same, but our workload is a lot. Where actually, I go home and I've got work to do. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those jobs. that's just nonstop. I was when the previous um, when Nick was talking. I when she highlighted boundaries and self care and wellness. I was thinking absolutely because here we're seeing so much teacher burnout, and so many teachers are quitting um, the profession altogether. Like not just leaving their schools, they're quitting teaching. Um, and they're quitting before the school year ends and schools don't have like any substitutes or anybody to replace them when they quit because it's gotten so bad. It's really bad. And you'd think the government would see this and think, okay, we need to start thinking, right. you know, pay people more, uh, get these skills, get training sorted. But instead it is a big burnout at the moment. I can see it in all aspects and all the staff and actually I've seen with teaching assistants in the last year major burnout I was saying earlier 
with the pandemic. Some of my TAs, they had to come in. So we had lockdown and I was teaching mm. uh, from home. But majority of the TAs had to go in. And a lot of them, were, you know, they felt like it was a them and us. And it became like a bit of a divide. And, you know, they were saying that they're fearful as well. Sorry, I'm just saying Nick. Yeah, they were saying that they were fearful as well. But, you know, teachers get priority. And I can see there is a bit of a divide going on at the moment with teachers and teaching assistants. So I just hope the government (laughs) can start sorting this out. Yeah. It's not fair. Same. Not fair at all. Not fair at all. And I know that Nick has seen all of these things and she's been helping the well-being of people. And yeah, just very, very upset with that. Um, Can I ask you a question? I'm going to say, what did you not like about being a teacher? Mm, That is a good question. I think in general... I'll give a general perspective because I think what was different about me being a Mm -hmm. a TA is that I was still in college. And so for me at the time, being a TA was quite a bit of money because I was either living on campus at school or I was living at home with my parents. So I didn't really have any major bills to pay Mm -hmm. other than maybe like gas for my car or something like that. So I wasn't paying, you know, my rent every month and worrying about all of these expenses. So for me, I was it was a lot of money at the time. But I think in general, people tend to view teachers assistants as less than or less educated um, or not wanting to treat them with the same level of respect that they treat Mm -hmm. teachers. And at the time, you know, I was 19 years old, so I was still fairly young. And for me. I didn't, you know, I was walking around thinking this is a great job. I'm making more money than if I was working, you know, at a fast food restaurant, you know, so this is huge. But I also know that there were people who were working there who had families and, you know, this was money for their child's daycare or their child's education. And so as I got more involved in schools and even when I became a teacher, I began to see how people just viewed TAs as not being equal or equally as important. When, you know, I think you've already shared and spoken on just how important a teaching assistant yeah. is to the success of a classroom and to students' experiences, especially I, I think back in the primary grades, you know, it's hard Definitely. to deal with a, a room full of six-year-olds without <laughs> teaching support. And so- yeah. I definitely think that my least favorite part would just be the overall perception that people have about teaching assistants professionally. Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree with that. I would, yeah, I would agree. I think that's quite a major thing. And it just makes me think when I was a teaching assistant, I had gone to university, I had my degree, I had everything. I just didn't want to make that step to be a teacher. Uh, but then some people still thought that, you know, they were better than you. And actually, I was just like, we're a team. Yeah. Like, we're a team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And actually, Nick, can I ask you that same question? <laughs> Maybe what did you not like, if you can remember? I don't know if Nick's there. I think we might have lost her. Oh, we might have lost her, which is fine. Hopefully she comes back. 
Um, <laughs> and I'm going to ask you, what is one thing you miss about being a te teaching assistant? Because I was thinking earlier and I was thinking, I miss not marking loads of books. I really do miss that. <laughs> Marking is a long, it's, it's long. It's a yeah. <laughs> I do miss, I, again, this, I will say this theme is repeated. I think being a teaching assistant, because it gives you that glimpse of teaching without having to fully be a teacher um, in the States, specifically, I'm from Virginia, which is on the East coast of the United States. And yeah. in Virginia, if you're in a public school, we have something called the standards of learning and it's a statewide assessment that is given starting in the third grade, going all the way up until you finish high school or secondary. And you usually get one in math, science, English, and history. And there is a benchmark set that you have to pass. And within each school, if your school does not have a certain percentage in each category, you lose your accreditation for the year or you're put on warning. And when the once we saw the standards of learning becoming more important and more widespread, then you kind of have teachers that end up just teaching to the tests or teaching for the assessment. So the, the ultimate goal is I just want my students to pass this test, period. So you'll yeah. see the tests are given in the spring. So right now, most schools are in heavy preparation right now, especially because a lot of students were behind due to the pandemic and schools closing down. So mm -hmm. a lot of teachers are feeling the pressure now of, I have to get a certain percentage of my students to pass these tests. So my school won't lose accreditation or we won't lose points. Um, yes. and, the, and as a, te a teaching assistant, I remember feeling like I'm so glad that I get to be here with kids. I get to help teach. But I, at the end of the day, I don't have to carry that weight of, of an administrator coming into my room saying, your students fell below the bar, they have to retest or they have to re, you know, they have to do the test again. And if you don't get three more to pass, then you get a, you know, we're under warning or something like that. And that's a lot of pressure to- So much pressure. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not great. Not great. Wow. I feel like- this all does affect well-being. It's stress. It's stress when you get home as well. You're probably sleeping thinking about all of these things. Oh, yeah. It's, and I just always think as well, you know, I don't have any children. But if I was going through all of this and then I have to go home and, you know, I've got children, I've got this and that. It's so stressful. I just, yeah. I've always said that. I tell my friends, I don't know how you teach during the day and then you come home to two to three kids yeah. it it seems so stressful yeah it is it very stressful <laughs> i was gonna ask you nick i was gonna say what? Yeah. enlighten us <laughs> oh wow I, I to be honest with you you know you know when somebody asks you the question do you have any regrets um and I, i've always gone through life going oh you know i don't have any regrets I don't have any regrets but actually regrets and reflections when I've really thought about it. And it's things that either make you really angry, really sad, or really um, fearful. So when I thought about that, you know, when, when you just said that, actually, the, the one thing that I do have is the regret of being, I mean, I was part-time 
while my children were really small. But even so, those part-time hours were eaten into <laughs> because I had work to do on top of. So I used to like work three days and then I'd do a day, maybe a day and a half work as well <laughs> on top of that, which I wouldn't get paid for. But yeah, juggling um, when they were both in school, I was back to full time and that was hard because, you know, you'd have to sort of like take your hat off as teacher, get home, cook tea, do all the things that you need to do, the reading, you know, the homework, spend some time with them because you do actually like your children. And then, <laughs> and then think, you know, right, once you've got them settled, you know, done the bedtime story, bath and all that jazz, it was like half eight, nine o'clock at night, and then you'd be sat down and then you'd work till about 11 to try and catch up. So it was always burning that, and you know that that I do regret that. And sometimes, you know, you're not on your best form. You're tired. You're cranky, and it's that vicious circle. Yeah. And your family don't. I mean, my husband, goodness me, when I when I left teaching, he sort of like did a little jig around the dining room because the dining room table was uncovered of books. <laughs> so I used to put them in little piles, you know, I'd, that how I managed my time. It's like, right, I'd do my big write on a Friday and then I'd mark, put them in at 36 in year six. So you can imagine the scripts. And it was like, wow. you know, I'd put, um, you know, six in each pile. And by the time I, you know, marked them, it was like, Thursday night, <laughs> the week after, wow. ready for the big write again. So it was like a never-ending cycle of marking books and having books on the dining room table and having rows over, having to move them. And what's the point of me moving them? Because I'm going to have to put them back. And <laughs> but we need to eat our dinner. <laughs> oh my god! You know, it was like ridiculous. But yeah, I think that the that that part of of teaching really did stress me out and I, I remember as an NQT in Q, on my QTS year which is early careers teachers now mm -hmm. um I used to oh I used to work so hard you know it was never ending and yeah. whatever I did I, I, I never got to the bottom of that tick you know to-do list yeah. um and I, I think that's the thing with with teaching it's a never-ending job that you never get to the bottom of your list you never actually you know, there's always something that you've got you've got to be doing or there's something you can prepare for or, you know, just like tomorrow was saying about the tests, you know, SATs yeah, in year yeah. six, it's huge. You know, the, the I feel like they, they come in in a September and you're like on a hamster wheel um, and you're, you're the one who's turning this conveyor belt to produce a child that gets some, you know, greater depth or working yeah. towards or <laughs> achieving where they should be. Um, it is, it's, it's hard. It's hard to switch off from that as well. I think the one thing that I didn't like when I was a teaching assistant is that I had that thirst and hunger to do more and I felt agitated yeah. when I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was the thing that, that as a teaching assistant I, I struggled with, you know, that I was always doing more and always yeah. wanting to do more and and I think that irritated some of my colleagues as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who were also TAs. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same. I, I would be like, I don't mind coming on to parents' evening. I don't mind going to staff meetings. Yeah, I don't they're like... <laughs> but I really wanted to do more. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I irritated a lot of people like that. But you know, God loves to try. <laughs> you were determined. You were determined. I love that. Well, this is it. I wanted to be a teacher, so you know, I was just chucking everything at it. So, but yeah, oh. <laughs> they weren't surprised when I left to do that. <laughs>
Well, anyone listening who is a TA and, you know, you're feeling determined, you can do this. You can do it. And I'm sure if you talk to someone at your school, they will support you. I'm sure if you message any of these lovely people, they will help support you. And I know after the break, we'll be talking to Abby, who is planning to be a teacher. So I'll talk to you all after the break. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cats. To find out more, Follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out. Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, has argued that those in a position of responsibility should be teaching young minds how to think, not what to think. Speaking to Chopper's Politics podcast from The Telegraph, he said, These kids are resilient. They've come through the Covid pandemic, the mistaken closure of schools. They're not snowflakes at all. They are really resilient. And I think it's important to remember that. 
children, if you teach them to be curious, if you teach them to understand how to filter and rely on quality journalism and understand both sides of the argument, then you'll be doing something truly great. When asked if children should be able to read racial slurs such as those contained in Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird, Mr Sahawi replied, Totally. I think it's really important that children are allowed to be able to be curious, to understand where this stuff comes from, rather than create these sort of false filters for them. Mr Sahawi also said he was deeply uncomfortable with people beginning to view everything through the lens of 2022. You don't become a better nation, a more cohesive community, by denying the past, removing the past. You explain the past and you have to explain both sides. In Jersey, Vicky Pallott, a former deputy head, has left her job to set up a mobile wellbeing service for young people and their families. She is in the process of finding sponsorship to cover the £70,000 running costs. Vicky has spent £12,000 of her own money on a school bus which she is renovating with the help of friend Bradley O'Malley. She said, I think it's important because I wanted to be able to reach children across the island. I've also noticed in the past two years especially that the needs have been raised in terms of support, well-being and anxiety. I am somebody who likes to be proactive and I have spent the last two and a half years designing proactive programmes to support children and their families and now I'm ready to have those programmes delivered. If it gets the funding it needs, the bus could welcome its first families by the middle of May. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Lovely, and we're back in the room. Hello, everyone. It's The Late Show with Shaniqua Edwards-Haid. I'm joined by the amazing Nick, Samara, and Abby. And, Abby, are you there? Hello, yes, I am. Hello, Abby. Okay, Abby, please tell us a bit more about yourself. Remind us. So it all started when I moved to my secondary school when I was in year eight. Um, I was never particularly a very confident student. I was always quite quiet. I never really came out of my shell. Um, I moved to my secondary school uh, when I was in year eight. And I mean, it sounds quite cliche, but it completely changed my life. Um, the bonds that I had with my teachers and what they did for me and what they brought out of me was amazing. Um, so amazing that I've never actually left the school. Um, I started, so my school unfortunately didn't have a sixth form. So when I left in year 11, which I knew was going to be quite hard, um, I actually then went back to volunteer twice a week um, in the English department with my old English teacher and form tutor, which was so lovely. Um, she has been amazing for me. Um, and then the head teacher, I think, saw some potential and saw how much I loved working with the kids. Um, and offered me a TA role and and ever since then I've completely fallen in love with it and actually I think 
even though I knew I loved being at my secondary school, I'm not sure if teaching I highly considered as an option. Um, I mean, at one point I wanted to go into marketing, mm-hmm. um, but seeing it's so quite, quite a different career. Yeah. Um, but the more I've been a teaching assistant, the more I've managed to be involved um, and really see the impact that we really can have. It doesn't matter what your role is, your impact will be immeasurable. Um, and so the more that I've done it, the more I've realised how much I loved it. Um, I took on careers lead in July, which um, was quite a big jump. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> um, by the way. Thank you. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. It's definitely a lot more responsibility and it's getting used to that responsibility and workload as well, especially that workload um, balance as well. Um, I'm also doing a degree on the side, so it's trying to balance both. I'm doing an English degree. Um, because I'm a superwoman. <laughs> it is quite a challenge. Um, I knew that I didn't want to go to university from quite young, but I also knew that I I did want to take English further. I also knew I wanted to go into teaching. So I currently study with the Open University, which is fantastic. Um, so it enables me to do both. So I do that on the side. Um, but yeah, just being a teaching assistant first, I would say before teaching is one of the best things I've done. And managing as well to work alongside my ex-teachers, which is incredible. <laughs> Um, actually, that's something we've both been able to relate uh, on because I was a teaching assistant at my primary school and I'm a teacher at my old primary school. And it's basically the same. That's something we've bonded over, actually. Um, can I ask, do you call your teachers, your old teachers, by their names? Or... It's taken me a very long time. Um, <laughs> a very, very long time. It took me a really long time to walk into the staff room, actually. That felt very alien to me. Um, <laughs> They all, they all still laugh at me for it. it. Took me a very long time. Um, or like the weird conversations we've had. That as a teacher, would be like, "Oh my god, this is really weird." But now it's normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kept saying to one of my teachers, uh, "Sir, sir," and one day he was like, "Shaniqua, you know, we're <laughs> colleagues now. Stop calling me sir." I'm like, "Okay, sir. Oh my bad." It's just, it's such a habit, and but it's amazing because they are the people that changed my life. Yes. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. It's amazing. It is weird um, calling them by their first names. Um, but it's incredible what they've done and how much they've given me. I would not be where I am now without my ex-teachers, any oh, of them. I love that. I love that. And then can I ask then, what is the process for you to then eventually change over from teaching assistant uh, slash careers lead? to teacher what are you hoping to do because you said you're currently doing a degree for the open university yes so i'm hoping to finish this degree at the end of next year Mm -hmm. um so after i finish that i will then look into my options um nowadays there are so many options so it's weighing up do i want to maybe gain experience elsewhere do i want to train um at my secondary school because i know that's also an option um, so after I finish my degree, there's a high chance I will probably stay on and be trained at my secondary school. Um, and then perhaps if I move on for more experience on a bigger scale, then I will. Um, but there are so many options available. It's just weighing up what will be best. Definitely. And I think you're right. There are so many options nowadays. It's not just, OK, you have to go to university, do you, you know this degree. There's many other options. I think like you mentioned, open university is an option that a lot of people don't think about. Uh, so yeah, and actually, can I just say, 
all you great listeners, feel free to call in. Feel free to message. I can see all your messages. So feel free to get involved. Okay, back to Abby. Kalauks, what's one thing you love about being a TA? And I'm going to ask you, what's one thing you probably don't love about being a TA? Um, the thing I love is the impact and it's that one-to-one impact that we can have because we are with those we're not necessarily up at the front teaching 30 of them which I know um, can be a challenge I love the fact that I can really again that pastoral need I can meet their needs Um, it's times where they'll open up to you you know you can you can have a working relationship but if they're having a bit of a wobbly day when your impact really shines through is when they'll open up to you or when they'll go to you and they'll share those problems with you Um, yeah or sometimes, so what we do at my secondary school is we have like postcards. So the staff write to the students that have maybe stood out to them and vice versa. And it's so, so wonderful reading over, um, even if that child that maybe never really speaks or never really communicates, just writes thank you on a postcard. But you know that even two words can speak a million. Um, and it's just having that impact and knowing that you've made a difference, which is why we're in the career in the first place. Um, and it's amazing. That is it, exactly. I'm just trying to think of one thing that's maybe... I think sometimes it can be workload, just because we we do do a lot of the things that teachers do as well. I mean, obviously not the teaching side, but we can lead small groups. Um, we can, you know, even down to things like seating plans or helping with behaviour and everything like that. I mean, yeah. certainly since I started as a TA, almost coming up to three years now, workload I have now and you know the things that we're able to do now compared to three years ago has really rapidly changed Mm -hmm. um it's definitely all experienced and especially because I want to go into teaching um I definitely love it um but for someone maybe who's not as interested in teaching having that responsibility and workload also can be quite a lot to juggle yeah no and that's very true because as we were talking about earlier there are some teaching assistants who just don't want to become teachers they're very content with what they're doing at the moment and as Nick mentioned earlier and tomorrow workloads you know if you've got a family it might be a lot it might be a lot so that is really interesting can I ask do you have to mark so we took part in a it's called no more marking scheme so it's all done online and um the children so I think it's, it can be done in other subjects I've just done it in English um, yeah. and the English department will take part in I mean it could be the whole year group that will do like an English writing say creative piece and it's marked anonymously so we will then read through it and decide which is answer is the best but we haven't I wouldn't say I've done any traditional marking okay. as well. um but a lot, a lot of online stuff seems to be coming through which I do enjoy actually I like that I like that Actually, as well, can I bring it back to Nick and Samara and no, just ask, were you marking? Did you have to mark? Um, I used to mark um, just if I was working within a small group, um, but I never did a whole class mark unless I was covering. Um, and then it was just a, a tick and a smile. <laughs> <laughs> But that, but that was like 20, 20 years ago, twenty two years ago. So you know, it wasn't as intense. <laughs> and here in the states, I definitely did, because um, I also think, it, and it depends on where you're working. But sometimes a TA, well, not sometimes, especially during the pandemic, a lot of TAs basically became teachers, like full on teachers. They were asked to do some of the same things just yeah. for half the pay. 
So when I was a TA, I definitely did a lot of that. <laughs> That's so mad. It's just, it's mad. You might as well get paid teachers. Pay. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, Abby, can I ask, do you feel like being in a classroom, you know what kind of teacher you want to be like or you want to be? I have to admit, yes. As well as another thing I love being about TA, being a TA is that we can TA or we do TA the whole variety of the subjects. So I go from, could be English to maths which is a complete other end of the scale or science um engineering i've got on my timetable um, i'm not sure quite how useful i am in that lesson but i'm learning <laughs> as, the, as the days goes on um but it's amazing to see and also the different teaching methods that's what i love to see is something that actually is taught in maths well you know when i'm older actually could we use this you know a method like this or a teaching method in english or that was particularly effective um mm-hmm. And kind of the do's and the don'ts, which even as, a, you know, a TA, I learn every day, you know, that worked quite well. Okay, that definitely didn't work. We'll reflect on that and we'll try again another day. Yeah. Um, I definitely have, I mean, a lot of my ex-teachers, so especially my, um, my maths teacher, my old maths teacher. So maths was a subject for me that I was the least confident in and definitely the weakest at. I've never got along with numbers. Um, English has been my thing. Um, but she was incredible. And when she actually left in July and in the speech I gave to her, I said, actually the teacher of the subject that I was least confident in and weakest at actually gave me the most confidence. Um, And so to be able to take everything my ex-teachers have given me, which is an incredible amount and to be able to teach like them and to be able to have the impact on students just like they did on me, that's kind of what I'm aiming for. Um, And I've got that vision in my head of that impact and that drive and that belief, that belief just, once a child knows that you've got that in them, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. You can't see me either, but I'm like fully nodding my head, totally agreeing with everything you're saying. And I can hear the passion in your voice. And I honestly hope some of your teachers are listening because, wow, wow, I, I can feel the belief. Uh, which actually is interesting because I don't know if you heard earlier, but I was just talking about the EEF report. Um, that was about effective deployment of TAs. And they said when it when um, a TA is deployed effectively, it can provide four months additional progress. But it did say TAs deployed to support a class in general made no positive impact on progress of individual pupils. And actually the report found that pupils in a classroom with a TA performed on par to pupils of the same ability in a classroom without a TA. What do you think about that? I think there is definitely no price that we can have, especially on our SEN kids, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, would really, really struggle accessing the curriculum if we weren't there. That could be emotionally, that could be academically. Um, yeah. But I do think, and again, it comes down to pay again of how much TAs really, you know, should be valued. And I know they are. I mean, at my secondary school, we really, really are. I'm very lucky um, to be where I am. But I do know that, you know, depending on where you are, but the value of TAs, if they're used in the right way and if they're valued, what that can bring to the child and the teacher, I mean, even the class management is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what? <laughs> I wish 
like the government and everyone can hear what we're discussing and what we're saying. I think a lot of things need to change and TAs are amazing. I tell my TA that all the time. Uh, absolutely amazing. And I'm very proud of you, Abby, as well. Just listening to you. You're just so passionate and we need teachers like that who are passionate. So keep it up. <laughs> And what I'm going to add is, as we start to end, there's a question I like to end my shows with. And I want every guest to think about what or who is their favourite fictional teacher. So to end, I want you to think, who is your favourite fictional teacher and also no, listeners feel free to comment let us know who yours is I might start off with mine is Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter I just think she really cared she was quite firm I just loved her I loved her <laughs> okay Abby can I go to you I, I'm actually I was thinking about this earlier actually and I'm on the I'm on the lines of yours so I was going to go for Professor Dumbledore actually just because what stands out with me the most is how wise he is but how he doesn't necessarily it's not let on all the time how much the care is there but it's not necessarily explicit um, but just wise and I think as as teachers that really really shapes our role um, and how wise we are. And it doesn't necessarily have to be explicit. It could come across in the way that we are speaking to the kids or we talk about our own experiences and our downfalls, um, but just how wise he is. And that just, I think that integrity as well as a leader um, really stands out to me. Great leader. He is a great leader. Also, I'm guessing you're a Harry Potter fan. So, yes. Yeah, love <laughs> um, Nick, can I hear from you, please? Yeah, well, I I really mine has had to be a blend. Okay, go on, blend <laughs> because, it up for me. <laughs> because when 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 we think of um you know the different qualities that a teacher can have, I think I think of Miss Honey out of Matilda, yeah. um yeah. just because she was so caring and so considerate of the children, and her approach to to teaching was through kindness and through encouragement and nourishing and, and encouraging the children to grow rather than Miss Trunchbull. Then I think uh, you need a Mr Poppy. Everybody needs a teaching assistant called Mr Poppy just to to just bring everything alive and be silly and daft at the right times and <laughs> just get everybody whipped up into a frenzy and get the creative juices flowing. And then you need to bring it back down again with a bit of John Keating from Dead Poet Society, who was passionate mm -hmm. and inspiring and so knowledgeable and just got them <laughs> where they needed to be. <laughs> so I just think, I think you need a blend of, of teachers. So those are my three, really. <laughs> I could have carried on, to be honest. But um, I do feel that, that you know, I, I think depending on the, the day, the, the season of the teacher, the season of the curriculum and the, the academic year depends on whether you get a Miss Honey, a Mr Poppy or a John Keating. <laughs> Do you know, it's so true. But actually, Miss Honey, you've you got me thinking now. My class, we're currently reading Matilda. And Miss Honey, one of them did say, they were like, she's too nice. She is too nice. Do you <laughs> think Miss Honey is too nice? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you need that element of niceness. That's why you need yeah. a John Keaton in, in the world, don't you? You need, And then you need a Mr. Poppy, so that's why the blend's so important. <laughs> Is it? No, I like the blend. And actually, I had to quickly Google Mr. Poppy, and I've realised I really need to go on this nativity film oh. series. He's epic. I love his parka. I just love his parka jacket. It's just amazing. <laughs> is it this yellow parka jacket? Yeah, he's yeah, and he's got, he's got yeah. like the blue over you at the hood, and it, oh, it's yeah. just epic. He's just so he just gets the kids going into places where they've you know the, the, the belief that he has in them is wonderful. Oh, I love. It's just that. so well, full of energy. <laughs> You've got to watch it. That's, yeah, that's what I'll be watching. I'm on my easter holidays now so that's what i'm oh, gonna be watching so you're gonna watch the nativity at the easter holiday yeah, <laughs> i love yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you see me tweeting about the nativity you know why um, <laughs> <laughs> I, i've got a little anecdote actually to talk about um teaching assistants and it's just a very quick one uh, when when i was um a year six teacher um, there was a, a young man in my class who was on a, an EHC plan. Mm -hmm. So it's just going off the, the TA SSA type of role. Um, and we said to the head teacher that we wanted to choose who was going to be his next SSA because um, it involved him and he was very passionate about who he was working with, who was supporting him. So we, we managed to win the head round. She said, okay, so she sent three people in on supply. One was this young lad who was, you know, he wants to be a PE teacher in secondary school. Um, and he, he was he was good. He was good with him and he enjoyed his company. But he said, he's not for me. He doesn't push me hard enough. And I was like, you know, I'm really clued up, this this young man. I was like, well yeah. done. Then the next lady came, he said, but we didn't gel. And then the third lady came. And as soon as she walked through the door, I thought, it's her. <laughs> it's her and um we, we connected and she got on really well with the young man and and we both we both had this conversation and I said right so I went to the business manager and said we definitely want to we definitely want to please can you secure her to come and work with us um because she was on a temporary contract with a mm -hmm. supply agency and for the next three weeks, it was amazing. In his books, I was writing, worked with Mrs. Derbyshire. She was wonderful. Thank you, Mrs. Derbyshire, so much. Saying thank you to her face. Thank you, Mrs. Derbyshire. And it was three weeks in. And this young man, Zach, he said, Mrs. Owen, I just need to tell you that she's not called Mrs. Derbyshire. It's Mrs. Smithest. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and that's me banging on about how wonderful she is. And I didn't even know her name. <laughs> You made up a name as well. Yeah, I made up a name and she's now one of my very best friends. So oh. <laughs> there you go. That's actually a lovely story. It is. Oh, wow. Wow. So we so you can put a Mrs. Derbyshire if she existed. <laughs> she's definitely fictional in that world. <laughs> Do you know what? I like what you did there. That is so. <laughs> oh shout out to that. Oh, yeah, to, to Mrs. Smethurst. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. And if we go to Tamara, please. <laughs> yeah, so my, I had to think about this question because mm -hmm. lots of people came to mind. Yeah. Um, but I will say what probably one of my favorite fictional teachers is Sister Mary Clarence from the Sister oh, Act yes. movie series. <laughs> 
from Sister Act Two. Um, I love that movie. I've seen it way more times than I can count. Mm -hmm. I sing with it every time it comes on. Mm -hmm. um, and so I picked her because she didn't actually want to be a teacher and yeah. she was kind of thrown into a classroom and she was given the students that nobody wanted to teach. Yeah. And in a space where she actually decided that she wasn't just going to, and even when the students, you know, when she came in, the students kind of told her like, you know, we expect you to quit. You know, we don't do anything in this class ever. Like yeah. you just sit there and then class ends and we move on. And so she could have just stuck with that narrative and been like, you know, they threw me here. I don't care. You know, the school's about to be closed down anyway. I'm not going to care about these kids. And so mm -hmm. um, she, even in a tough environment, she figured out a way to reach them and connect with them. And I think the biggest part is that she did it in a relevant way. She got yeah. to know them and what was important to them and tried to create space for them to bring themselves into the classroom. Um, and so not just saying like, these are the rules and these are how I expect you to act, but also I understand that there's things you're interested in and I wanna know more about you so that you can bring that part of you into this classroom. And so, yeah, I would probably have to say her. Wow, that is a great one that I hadn't thought of actually. <laughs> and that's a classic, all the sister acts, but sister act two, an absolute classic. Yes. And, do you know, I remember that they didn't even want to sing. Some of them did not right. want to sing. But then by the end, they were all loving it. And yep. she found a way to reach out to these children. And I think what's key is that the children are everything. You know, I've become a teacher because I care about the kids. <laughs> you know, people come to TAs because they care about the kids. And that is key. And actually made me think of that so thank you thank you that is a good one wow um i'm just checking any listeners uh, oh i'm gonna give you guys a chance to think of who your favorite fictional teacher is whilst i'm thinking of that i'd like to say a big thank you to my co-hosts today you've been amazing all three of you it's been <laughs> I've learned a lot and actually it's been nice to have this discussion with all of you and I'll just like you would you like to share your Twitter if you've got one because I'm sure people would like to follow you um so for start off with Nick yeah mine's at sphoenix78 so just to confuse everybody <laughs> but I do have Nick Cohen on the end of it <laughs> so yeah uh, I'm also on LinkedIn as well as Nick Cohen um, and you can contact me on my website, which is zenicwellbeing.co.uk. So, yeah, lots of ways to get hold of me. <laughs> Lovely. And I think I need to get, you know, free to you because I need to think about my well-being at the moment. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. You could just drop me a line. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to. I might have to. Um, and Samara. Yes, my Twitter is my name. So it's at Dr. Tamara Dias. So at DR and then just my name. But also if you search my name, I'm pretty sure I'll come up pretty easily as well. So <laughs> yeah, you're actually everywhere, which is amazing. I'm still so excited about the Forbes. Like, 
Forbes, 30 under 30. Forbes. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It's definitely, um, I rem- I got the honor and then went back into um, a school afterwards. And one of the things that I'll never forget, like the hiring committee asked me was, why didn't you say that in your interview? And I was like, oh, you know, it's just not a thing that I normally talk about. And they were like, why? You should, de- that should be the first thing that you tell people when you're interviewing for something. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. No, no. It's better they find out later. I agree. Um, well, you missed out. You missed out. <laughs> that is it. And Abby, I think we're still in the process of making a Twitter. Yes, so <laughs> that's a working progress. Uh, <laughs> I will get around to that. And I've also just noticed from my username that it's just a load of letters, which sums me up with technology perfectly, really. Um, so <laughs> my yeah. LinkedIn is Abby Carwana, which I will post somewhere just because I know Carwana is quite a tricky spelling. Um, so don't uh, don't be concerned about my username. <laughs> where that's come from. You know, I will post... Um, everyone's socials and Abby, I'll post your LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, I was a bit worried at first, Abby. I was like, is this Abby? I, I did try to change it, but you know, anything? I could make this worse and accidentally end this whole thing. So I'll sit back and explain myself later on the call. <laughs> so now's my time to shine. There we go. I thought I'd just clarify that with everyone. We all know the gibberish words. That's Abby. It's all fine. It's all fine. <laughs> Well, thank you so much to everyone who's listened, who's got involved. Thank you to the guests. I've had a lovely time. I'll be back with you in two weeks' time on Monday, the 18th of April, same time, 8pm. And that is Bank Holiday Monday. So, of course, what else would you rather do than listen to me? (laughs) Thanks again, everyone, and have a good evening. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.